Welcome to Don't Cut Me Off, Let Me Finish Podcast. My name is G Weave. Today I will be giving you 40 Chain with them diamonds. Hit it. Where'd you get with them windows? Hit it. Who them girls you be with when you be riding through? Man, I got nothing to prove. Things on my mind. So I want you guys to sit back, listen, and hope uh, you enjoy the conversation that I give you today. That's that one-on-one time with G Weave. Let's get going, baby. How you guys doing today? Man, I got a lot of things I got to talk about today, but you already know today I'm going to be grinding my gears with uh, my favorite entertainer, man. My favorite entertainer, and you already know that is, man. I got a couple of them, but one of them today is my guy, Big Perk. You know, he always say something to get me going. So today I'm going to let you listen a little bit to what he had to say. And then I'm going to come on in and, and explain to you why, again, Big Perk, though he's one of my favorites, he sometimes just missed the mark or all, 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 uh, uh, the way I look at it. You know what I'm saying? So uh, let me just uh, let you listen to Big Perk right now. Tough one, but, you know, it was definitely a learning experience. Let me go back home. Tim Legler, Tim Bitsberg, and Zach here with me. Perk, we've got a tougher path to the finals. The Suns or the Sixers? Oh, it's the 76ers. I mean, look, the 76ers are in a better conference, right? It's more competition. It's, it's about five teams that we could sit up here and make a legitimate argument about that could come out of the East. When you think about the Celtics, the Bucks, um, the Miami Heat, although they're not playing well, you still can't count them out. Uh, you could look at even the Brooklyn Nets and even the Chicago Bulls as, as, at a certain extent if they get healthy. But when you look at the West, right, and you look at the Phoenix Suns, I'm looking at only one team that could be standing in their way, and that's the Memphis Grizzlies. Any other team that the Phoenix Suns could go against, they're going to win that series in five games, whether it's the Utah Jazz, the Dallas Mavericks, the Denver Nuggets, the Timberwolves, whoever you put in front of them, they're going to beat them in five games. So when I look at the two conferences and I look at who has the tougher task, I'm going with the 76ers. Mm-mm-mm. Listen, Perk, you make a very compelling argument. All right, but there's one team. That- no, he doesn't, Mr. Legler. Let's not start, start lying now. We already know that that brother don't make a compelling argument. And I'm going to tell you guys why he doesn't make a compelling argument. First of all, like I told you guys before, you got the two top teams on each side, which are the champions, Phoenix and the Bucks. First of all, there is no such thing as an easier path in the NBA basketball. You know why? Because when you get to the playoffs, anything can happen. Just like the NCAA. When you get in there, you can be the dog favorite. It doesn't mean anything until you play the game. So the teams that he named in the East, there's not five teams. You have the Bucks, You have the 76ers. You have the Miami Heat. You have the New Jersey Nets. And the Boston Celtics. That's four underneath. A 
okay? On the other side, you have Denver, you have Utah, you have Memphis, and you have the Golden State Warriors. So there's four on each side. First of all, on the eastern side, realistically, there are probably only two teams that get to the finals. And that's going to be either the Nets or the 76ers if it's not the Bucks. Realistically, on the west side, if Phoenix doesn't go back, there's probably only two teams realistically that can win the championship, in my view, is Utah and Denver. Why? These are two season teams from last year. I'm not going with the hot new thing right now because the hot new thing is not proven. Memphis is not proven. Chicago is not proven. Those are the hot new things. You got to go with the teams that are battle-tested. And if we look in the East, you can kind of say Miami is a battle-tested team. And you can, but when you really look at it, you can look at the Nets as a battle-tested team. They're getting their key piece back at the right time. Now, it's all about how it flows when you get to the playoffs. Philadelphia, not battle-tested. Because the teams that they had previous years, a lot of those players are not on there. So it's a fresh new battle for them. So there is no e easier path. I would put Atlanta in there, but Atlanta just, mm, yeah, they did push the Bucks, But, yeah, I just, I don't know. Again, I could be surprised. That's just not a team that I'm going to put up there at this moment. The, the, the teams that I put up there are the legitimate teams. Big Perk just have the tendency to just to say things. That's what I believe. I think he wake up to say that, but he's he's very far off, and it's very disrespectful to call it uh, to make a topic called easy path. There is no easy path in the NBA. These are all professional athletes that play at an elite level level, and every single team from one through eight feel like they can win the championships. Because you know what, if you don't feel that like, feel that way, you don't need to be uh, dressing up. If you don't hit that floor and grab that ball and think that you can win the game, you don't need to be dressing up. It's good sports talk to make topics, but sometimes you got to be realistic and make sense. And making sense is competitively, you want to be able to get out there when, it's, when the game is 0-0 and beat the other team. There is no favorites until the series is over. Why? Anything can happen. The Nets was the favorite with the Bucks. What happened? They lost Kyrie. You have to let these games play out. It's good talk radio to say these things, but so much things can change in the game. The Bucks almost lost by losing Giannis to that horrific knee injury. Lord, Lord willing, he was able to come back and lift him. The Nets was a shoe, shoe size away from uh, making a miracle. But things happen in the game. That's why you have to let the game play. Let's wait till the playoffs get here. Before we make these outlandish predicaments, let's let it just play out. I get it. I get about creating creating a, a topic. I get that. I understand that. But, man, I tell you, I get so many grind my gears from, uh, from Big Perk. I appreciate Big Perk. I like him. But you know what? You're kind of off there, bro.
you just gotta let let it let it all get to where it need to get to. And just the level of, of kind of a disrespect to the NBA players, man, when you say it's an easy path for a team, you know, is there's no easy path. A team will tell you that. You have to play the team that's in front of you, and you cannot underestimate any team. And using the word easy is a surefire way to light the fire under, under another team. It's called bulletin board material. So just let it play out. That's why I'm glad the season is coming to the end. You know, I'm looking at LeBron James and them just, just steady go down. It's unfortunate, you know, but I'm looking at Brian like, man, hey, get your points, man. Do your thing. But LeBron is not going down without a fight. As you can see, the brother is most definitely going down with a uh, 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 battling, trying to lift his team. The brother, I've never seen him have to play this way. But as you can see, he, he said it himself. They're playing like shit. But you think that, that, that that's going to discourage him? No, he's going to play. He's trying to get to that play-in game. He know anything can happen if he gets into the playoffs. He just got to get there. And ain't nothing to be ashamed about, man. Things just didn't work out. Things just didn't work out. You played the game. You have to play the game to get a result. You don't get a result on paper. And you don't get a result off predictions. The people that have to play the game is the players. And that's why I like to watch the game and wait till it ends, because anything can happen. It's like the, like I said, it's like a NCAA environment. But moving on, I want to grind my gears again on Skip and Shannon. Once again, these brothers just don't get it. But you know what? I'm gonna let you guys listen to Skip and Shannon, as again they come down on my brother Kyrie. For all the wrong reasons, like it just don't make sense to me, but check this out. And for me, it was never to um, just take a stand. It was really to make sure that I'm standing on what I believe in and freedom. It um, gets defined enough in our society about the freedom to make choices with your life without someone telling you what to do. Shannon, I'm curious where you fall on this one. Do you like what Kyrie said, or do you have a problem with it? I got a problem with it, because I don't like the fact that Kyrie thinks he's a martyr. Here's the thing, Skip. Does Kyrie realize there are very people in a similar situation, but he gets an exemption because he's an athlete or an entertainer? So sit it down. Say, until everybody's allowed to do what he or she wants to do, I'm not doing anything. That's what a martyr does. They die for the cause. And they don't get paid while they're doing it. Right. Right? That's what happens. Did he get paid? Right. Yes, he yes. got paid. Skip, I'm old enough to remember. I don't remember smallpox, but you know, Skip, when smallpox yep. and polio, mm -hmm. they made you get the vaccine. Made you. It wasn't, it was, no, well, I, this is my religious beliefs. No. Smallpox, measles, chicken pox. The day you were born, I guarantee you, you got vaccinated. Yes! I guarantee yes. you, it was the law. There was a virus going on the last two years, mm -hmm. and it probably hit around like the beginning of 2020, and it lasted for about two years, Gil. And it was taking people's lives. It was costing people jobs. Once again, I have to stop these idiots from even talking. That irritated me, man. It really did. Because, again, they missing the point with Kyrie. They go back to the sports entertainment. They go back to all, all type of other things that's irrelevant to what this man is personally saying about his personal beliefs. 
And again, I hit on it before. They lifted the ban. He can play. The New York mayor lifted the ban. There's no special anything. So to, to say that, the, basically you're saying that the mayor showed them special privilege. Is that what you're saying? Because I'm pretty sure the mayor, that's not, that wasn't his, um, his, uh, his, 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 that's not what he wanted to accomplish. He felt like New York has been doing well. The numbers have been coming down and it's safe for him to lift the ban. Now, unless you have proof saying that he's doing a behind the door, shake hands type of deal for athletes, then you shouldn't say anything like that. Because, again, it makes the New York mayor look bad, like he's catering, especially when a lot of people have lost their jobs. But again, Skip and Shannon, again, you're talking about, oh, I bet you he was vaccinated when he was a baby. Of course he was. That's a stupid man. I just have to be like, okay, did you really just say that, Skip? Of course he's vaccinated as a baby. He doesn't have a choice. He's a kid. He's a newborn child. The choice belongs to his parents. Why would you make a statement like that? This man is a grown man now. So as a grown man, he can make his own opinions and he can make his own choices. So if he choose not to have a substance in his body, he don't have to get it, whether you agree with it or not. It's like apples and oranges, man. Talking about him being a martyr. He never talked about being a martyr. When did he say that? He just said he don't believe in the vaccine. He didn't say that the disease that's out here is, an, is a hoax. He didn't say he, he, he has a problem with other people taking it. He said for him, he didn't want to take it. Just like millions of other people. And then you talk about him. Oh, well. You know, you shouldn't be getting paid. Why? If the Nets is going to pay him. He didn't tell the Nets not to pay him. And he didn't protest if they didn't pay him. It just, it didn't get to that point. So why do you two always have a problem with uh, somebody that's exercising their freedoms? You can't make people do things they don't want to do. And I understand what he's saying. It's like, this is my cause. This is what I believe. Why do I have to keep getting dragged through the mud? Oh, the reason you're getting dragged through the mud, because you're an NBA player. And they want you out there to entertain. They don't care about you having personal issues in your life. They don't care that you're a human being. No, that's just too much like right. It's too easy to sit up on the podium and talk about a person's personal beliefs. That's not what a righteous person do. That's not what a humble person patient person do that's not a, what a logical person does I'm not going to say things because it sounds good I'm going to be respectful of other people's wishes I'm going to be respectful of other people's opinions I'm going to sit and listen to other people's ideas and their views on things I didn't want to take the vaccine at one point but you know what made me take it I have a grandmother that her immune system is compromised. She does dialysis. I fell on the sword and took the vaccine because of my grandmother. Because I didn't want to risk her getting sick. But I also didn't want to take the vaccine because I felt like it was just so fast. 
And usually it take a certain amount of time. But I went ahead and I did it and I did it again and I got the booster. I made a sacrifice, but that was my choice. Just like Kyrie had a choice and I respected his choice. He's just not doing things just to do it. This is his life, man. His whole life is not basketball. His life is what he decides and what direction he wants to go and how he wants to live his life. It's not what you guys think is okay. It doesn't matter. You don't matter. You really don't. And it's frustrating, man. You just get tired of hearing the nonsense all the time. And, you know, I just had to grind my gears on that, man. That irritated me. Um, I just want to be able to do, to voice of a voice an opinion and just just come out and just be like, look, man, that's just not right, man. Lead his brother alone. You know, lead his brother alone. But anyways, man, moving on. Um, the NBA is winding down now. It's starting to get down. I believe you got eight games left. Uh the the um everything is starting to get lined up. Uh, you got the teams that's uh, closing in on a play uh, play in games. I'm getting kind of excited about that. Like I told you guys, I really don't get caught up in all the scores and all the things that's going on. I really start prepping myself for the regular season because I'm looking for upsets and I'm looking for things to happen that people uh, don't expect to happen. So I'm really excited about the NBA coming to a, coming to a close. Um, uh, so, uh, you know, again, you know, let's just, I'm just working my way through it, man. Just, just ready for it to get there. Uh, moving around from that, uh, I was watching, uh, Formula One racing, man. And, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, that racing that I was seeing, where it's just not one driver dominating and it's like back and forth racing and back and forth leads. Hey, it's amazing. If they keep that up, they'll get a brother like me to watch that a lot because I ain't going to lie to you as fast as they're going. 10 times better than NASCAR. I mean, they're hitting 200 miles per hour. And uh, it's it's very exciting. Um, uh, like I said, uh, that's something that I know I can probably get on and, and actually watch uh, if they're if they having performances like that. And plus, I like uh, 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 Hamilton Lewis or Lewis Hamilton. I like that driver. Uh, another thing, uh, soccer. Uh, the U.S. Uh, won five to one to Panama. Uh, U.S. soccer is looking good. And uh, I'm not going to lie, uh, anything can happen when they get into that World Cup. And we have a good young team. I'm very happy to see them doing well. Um, it's going to be a very, very, very uh, good, good, good thing to watch the USA compete in the World Cup. You know, the women is always dominating, so it's, it's, very, it's a very good thing to watch. I'm very excited to watch that. Um, college basketball, on the men and women, everything is getting set. But... Um, I'm looking at the um, looking at that Stanford team, and uh, I really want Stanford to go up against South Carolina. I want to see that game. I really do. I want to see uh, the South Carolina women because I believe one of those two are going to win uh, the championship. I really do. Um, man, South Carolina got that that big that big their center is a beast. And then Stanford just, you know, of course, they're the defending champions. They're the champions until they lose. That's always my model. They're always the favorite until they lose. But that's very interesting. And the men's final four, oh, man. 
You couldn't have a better uh, storybook. Uh, you got North Carolina that has more championships than Duke. Um, you know, uh, Duke is currently, uh, you know, is the model. But overall, North Carolina has more championships. You got the farewell tour for uh, Coach K. Uh, they lost that game. You know, I was listening to another sportscaster earlier today, uh, Jason Williams, who said that, oh, man, this is a revenge game. It was embarrassing. No, it wasn't embarrassing. They lost. They thought they was going to go in there and beat North Carolina, who was the clear underdog coming in there. All, all the old players come back. The stadium is full of Duke players. And you talking about pressure. Pressure? There wasn't no pressure on Duke. They had the full advantage. The pressure was on um, North Carolina. They going into a hostile environment. And they upset a team that was supposed to win. They were ranked higher. They so-called had the better talent. And they lost. So come Saturday when them guys take against each other, you're in a neutral site. Okay, you got upset and you're salty and you're mad because you lost in Duke. Well, that's on you. Now you got to go and play these guys again. We're going to see what's going to happen. Is it going to be a swan song for Coach K so he can get back and win a championship? Or are they going to lose again? Again, the better team is going to win. Villanova, Kansas. It's just some great teams. Self, can he get it? Can he? Can he get over? Can he get another championship? He got a talented roster. I think he got the only number one seed left, if I'm not mistaken. I think he does. Being a number one seed, can you win the championship? We're about to find out. We're about to find out. It's going to be very interesting. There is no defending champion now. It's a open, it's a open, open waters is what I call it. So we're about to really find out if Duke can step up to the plate and play the game because I don't, I don't get caught up in that because uh, they lost in Duke. They lost in Duke because they lost that Duke. That's on them. Y'all the ones wanted to bring all those people back. Y'all want to fill up, fill the stadium because it's Coach K last hurrah. It is what it is. You lost. You should be embarrassed. You should be embarrassed. Y'all thought all that pressure was going to be on North Carolina, but it wasn't. Carolina was like, oh, man, they just they just, they just, just basically saying they finna just run us out the gym. They bringing everybody back to run us out the gym. They think that we're going to be intimidated. But Carolina put on their big boy pants, came through there and, and played that dang game. Like you're supposed to play it. Ice in their veins. They wasn't, they wasn't, they wasn't taken back by the pressure of having a whole Duke history in the stadium. And I believe that that was a that was a ploy. I, I'm not gonna call it a ploy. Let me take that back because it is Coach K last game. But I believe that was that was another form of intimidation. You get all those players there, the crowd is in favor. Of, of Duke. So I believe that was a ploy. To try to rattle. Rattle uh, the cages. But it didn't work.
Now they got to rally and cry. They have been playing well. Okay, but now you finna sit for a whole week. You wish this game was Monday, today, or Tuesday. But now you got to sit a whole week. Practice ain't the game. It's going to be an even playing field. You would love to take that role and, and, and just sit for maybe two days and keep it going. But when you sit for a week, everybody's cold. Somebody going to have to step up. That's what you're going to have to wait for. That's the more intriguing game compared to Kansas and Villanova, even though that's a very good game. Um, the game to watch is going to be the two um, story franchises in North Carolina and Duke. Uh, two places that's not far away from each other. And Duke's opportunity to tie uh, North Carolina as far as championships is concerned because Duke is five and North Carolina is six. So it, it's going to be crazy. And uh, it's going to be a long week. You know, you just got to get yourself ready, mentally prepared to play the game, play hard. And then, like I said, it's in a neutral field, so anybody, anybody can win at any time. So it's very going to be very, very interesting. But today, guys, uh, my topic is going to be boxing. And the reason why it's going to be boxing, because boxing sucks. And I'm hoping this summer is the start of top fighters fighting each other. Because... We have Cambosa, 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 that's his name, taking on Devin Haney on June 5th. And believe it or not, he's been ducking Haney. And now since, I forgot the, uh, the other fighter name, he's over there in um, Ukraine. I guess he can't get back in time to be able to prepare for the fight. So, unfortunately... For Combosa, he had no other choice. He couldn't take a cupcake fighter. He had to take on Devin Haney. A fighter in which he was ducking. If you're a great fighter, you don't duck anyone. If you're a great fighter, you don't wait until you're over the hill to fight a fighter. It makes you look weak. It makes you look weak. So I'm very interested to see this fight when it happens because I believe Devin Haney will beat Cambosa. And I believe when he beats Cambosa, I believe Devin Haney will fight Namachinko. I think that's his name. When, he, when he's able to get himself back over to the United States. Because Devin Haney is ready to fight anybody. But you have these promoters that just destroy boxing. Because it's all about the money train. It ain't about entertaining your fans. So I'm glad to see that. Not glad to see that the brother couldn't get over here from Ukraine. Uh, I wish all, all the best for him and, and he's able to get back here safe. But it forces Cambosa to have to fight somebody that he was avoiding. And he made all type of excuses. But boxing needs to bring these type of matches to the forefront at all times. That's why UFC is killing you guys. Because Dana, at least he understands, you got to have the, the best fighters fight. It's not always about lining your pocket. Figure out a way to met, let the best fighters fight. And at the same, same time, those players, them, them, them fighters get paid. 
It shouldn't have to be a situation where, oh, man, if this person lose two or three fights, they're no good. I just can't wrap my head around that. It's, it's the aspect of getting revenge. You fight a fighter one time, you beat him, you do a rematch. After the rematch, if he win, you got it tied, you do the tiebreaker. That's what Buster Douglas and Evander Holyfield did. That's what Joe Frazier and Muhammad Ali did. Trilogy fights. If it gets to that point. If you beat the fighter twice, then yeah, you ain't got to deal with him no more. Especially if both of the fights were good fights. Now, if you if it's a lopsided butt whooping, of course you're not going to fight a fighter again. But if it was close, you see Mayweather had fights where people were saying it was close. He'll go back and fight them and beat their ass. Excuse my language. But he'll go back and fight them again just to prove a point. These fighters nowadays, poo-pooing. Errol Spence. Crawford. They need to fight. Y'all two are the best fighters. Why is it always making an excuse not to fight each other when this is the best fight out here? You two guys. Now we got to wait again. So now we got to wait for Earl Spence to win his fight. And I believe Crawford has a fight. I'm not 100% sure. But the point being is we have to wait again to actually see these guys get in the ring. Come on, man. Bring boxing back. Bring, have the top fighters fight each other. We shouldn't, we shouldn't have to go through this, man. You know, we shouldn't, we shouldn't have to go through this. We should be able to see the best fighters. Now we got Shakur Stevenson finally is going to fight Oscar Valdez. They got the same promoter. He didn't have no other choice. They talk about Shakur Stevenson boxing style. Not exciting because he ain't going out there trying to get his head beat in. Who fights like that? Who goes out there to get beat? You want to come out of there looking clean as possible. Floyd Mayweather, every fight he came out, his face looked the same as when it went in. He didn't have two shut eyes and a fat lip. Shakur Stevenson, great fighter. Don't get hit. But punishes his opponent. Now he's going up against Oscar Valdez. Who is the champion. Now he's about to lose his belts. That's what I believe. The fight has to happen first. But in my eyes. They didn't want that fight to happen. Because they know Shakur Stevenson is a superior fighter. And Shakur been licking at the chomps. Vasily Lamachenko, that's his name. And it's sad out here, man. Crawford deserves his payday. But Spitz seems optimistic about fighting Crawford. Because he felt like top rank is what was stopping it. It ain't him. He said he's willing to fight him. But top rank was, again, looking at the numbers. I don't care about no numbers. 
I don't care about uh the views. I want to see the best fighters fight. If you get the best fighters fight in there, the views will come up. If you keep putting bullcrap fights out, you ain't going to get no views. Canelo. I don't care what nobody say. He avoids African-American fighters when they're in their prime. Ever since he took that beating from Floyd Mayweather, he don't try to come across a fighter like that. Why is that? But you're here you're trying to lay your path to a legacy to be the greatest fighter, but you're not. You're the money train. It's all about the money train. You got all the money now, bro. Just fight now. If you lose, fight that fighter again. Get your revenge. Fight that fighter again. Why duck fighters, man? Just fight. T.O. Lopez. Cocky. Got brought back now to reality. When he lost his belt. Trying to pull that card. Get in line. I'm the man now. Arrogance. Be humble. Boxing is a dangerous sport. But if you want to be called the greatest. You have to fight the best. I get it in the beginning. That you fight a, a couple. You, you fight fighters that's good. But they're not great. Because it's all about building your record. But hell, once you build your record and get up there and you and you get yourself an opportunity to get a belt and get the belt, fight all it. My thing is, hey, if I'm the champ, rank number one, I'm fighting one through five. Them are the rankings. The top five fighters in the world. I'm taking them down. You know why you can why 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 it's good to do that? Because you leave no doubt that you're the best. I'm not fighting rank number 10. I'm not fighting rank number seven. I'm the best boxer. I can outbox anybody, no matter what the style. So I'm fighting the rank number one through five fighters. And I'm going, I'm going up from bottom to top. I'm going to beat number five first, beat number four next, beat number three after that, and so on and so on. And then I'll save the, the biggest prize for later, which is rank number one. Because it's a buildup. If you want to build up, that's how you build it up. You build up the suspense right from right there. You start from five and, uh, and get to the top. Take notes from Dana White. That's why the UFC is killing y'all consistently. Y'all may have y'all moments with certain fights. But they kill y'all consistently because Dana makes sure he puts the best fighters against each other. And I wish Dana just hurry up and get into boxing promoting so he can try to put this stuff together. I like Matchbox. He does try to get his fighters the best fights. But it's hard when you got all these promoters running things. I wish that fighters can gain 100% independence, get all of their money, and have some type of uh, uh, fighters, fighters form where these fighters get their fair share. When they fight each other and they're not penalized. It's like, I hate to say it, but it's almost like you got to wait for these dinosaurs to go extinct as far as these promoters. In order to get this good boxing back in place. Because we should have Sugar Ray and Hagler type fights. Sugar Ray, Roberto Duran. 
We should have those type. We should have. We deserve to have great trilogies. We shouldn't have to sit back and watch this pathetic boxing where these guys wait five and six years before they fight each other. How much money do you need, right? Three or four million dollars. You, you should be able to live off that really for the rest of your life. All it takes is smart investing. So I don't have the sympathy about the money. Because if, you done, if you've been making a million per fight and you done had 10 fights, that's $10 million. If you're trying to take care of the whole world, then yeah, you're going to be broke. But if you're being smart and investing and just taking care of your close family like your mother, your brother and your sister, and you never hand nobody money, you don't ever do that. But athletes go broke trying to take care of everybody, trying to do stupid things like buy a million-dollar chain. If you know you don't have that type of income coming in, that tells you not to do it. You got to have it to be able to buy it. Just live within your means. These boxers, they're multimillionaires. If they choose to blow their money off through smoking and sex and buying cars, that's on you, bro. So don't set up no uh, GoFundMe page asking people to send you money. But when you had the money and you all on uh, the TV flashing how much money you got and flashing the, these big booty women and all these fine girls you, you having sex with, it's all good then. Can I put up a GoFundMe page asking you to give me some money? <laughs> the first thing you're going to see is, nigga, go get your own. Excuse my language. Ninja. Go get your own. I ain't giving you nothing. But when you down and out, you want the fans to help you out. <laughs> That's backwards. I don't think so, bro. Not going to happen. But these boxers need to get lined up and get themselves ready to fight great fights. Because boxing, in actuality, man, is better than MMA to me. If, if the fighting is consistent. I mean, if it's good boxing, just the sweet science of boxing is so beautiful. Even Dana loves boxing. But what made him fall off of it is just the patheticness of the great fights that get lined up. How they get avoided. He said he was a boxing fan first. MMA drew him in because of the combat sport aspects of it. The gladiator. Where you can use your legs, you can use your elbow, you can use your head. You can't use your head. But you use your elbows and your body, your knees. That's why I can't wait for John Jones. They talk all this stuff about John Jones. And again, it all goes back to personal issues. No one is perfect. No one is a god. You strive for perfection. You can laugh and joke about a person. What's going on in your house? Open up your doors. It's easy to open the doors to somebody that doors that stay open because you're a public figure. What's going on in your home? What type of perverted things are you doing? It's always easy to come down on somebody that struggles in life and talk about people. Being in a place of power is a responsibility. And there's so many people in the place of power that abuse that responsibility. All these athletes out here, 
they don't understand at times that they are in a place of responsibility. Because your wealth comes from your fans. If people don't buy these pay-per-views, if people don't go to these games, you don't get your wealth. Zero and zero is zero. If that NFL team ain't making enough money to cover contracts, you ain't getting paid. And that goes for every sport. You guys are blessed and fortunate to be given a God-given ability. And then you're even more fortunate to get paid for it. Because in my eyes, police officers should be, should be getting paid three, four $400,000 a year. They could die. Every day they get up and go work, there's no guarantee they're coming back. Same with military. And, and, and anything that where you have to put your life on the line. They should be getting paid three, four, five hundred thousand dollars $500,000 a year. Easy. But that's not how society works. Doctors, they already get paid good money. They probably should get paid more. But athletes need to understand, man, you're blessed. 15, 20 million a year, 30 million a year. No one wants to hear your sob stories. When it's, when it's bums out here on the street, on the corner, begging for change. No fault of their own. We don't know the person's circumstances in their life. We don't know what got that person to that point. When you're a newborn baby, you're not rich or poor. You only are what your parents help you to become. Your environment helps you to become. You can be in a good environment. With a good mother and a good father. And still things don't go your way. You're not guaranteed to be successful. But when you're put in the jungle. And told to survive. Only the strong survives. But you have to be taught. Responsibility. You have to be taught. How to manage your money. The reason all these athletes go broke. Because in school they need to teach. Money management. From grade school up. They need to teach the importance of good credit. Credit is your wealth. The importance of paying your bills on time. The importance of. Buying things that make sense. Whether you're rich or not. Does it make sense to buy a 500,000 pair of earrings? Just because you have it? No. No. It makes sense at that point to build your portfolio. Again, I'm not saying that if you got it not to spend it, but I'm saying logically, does that make sense? It's more for show. To show people what I have. Look at me. That's how athletes always been. I got 10 cars. I got a 50 bedroom mansion. I got a yacht on the other side of the country. You flaunt your wealth. And then when you broke, you want someone to feel sorry for you. 
No one cares and no one counts anybody money. But when you're rich and then you become poor because you make bad decisions, you shouldn't fall and expect people to feel sorry for you. Because how many times do you see a person look at someone that's begging for change and tell them to get a job? I've always been a strong believer, man, to be honest. Every time somebody asks me for change, I'd be thinking that's God in disguise. I always do my good deed, my one good deed a day. And if I have it, I'll give it because I can't die. I'm not rich at all. It's very important at a young age to make good decisions so you can be in a better place. It's very important at a young age that a young person has the right people around them to help push their dreams and them not to be told what they can and what they cannot do. A person in a place of power like a teacher should not be telling a kid what they can and can't do. They should always encourage that kid. They should always support that kid, even if it's unrealistic. You hear too many stories of athletes telling uh, where, where teachers are laughing at them when they say they want to be this and that. That's not what you do. Why do we get the type of athletes that we have? It starts at a young age. You may have an athlete that comes from a household where they're crack addicts, and he's able to get through the cracks because he gets good people to help him. Look at LeBron's, LeBron's situation. He talks about it. His mom overcame. He overcame the struggle. Look at all the athletes that came from single family homes that didn't that wasn't blessed to come from a family that has the both that your dad was an athlete. Your dad was wealthy. There's no it's no fault of that young child that your father happens to be wealthy already. Let me get let me make that clear, too. If you're born poor, it's not your fault. And if you're born rich, it's not your fault. It comes down to the fundamental of how you're raised. And what values are instilled. Are you going to be a trust fund baby? Or are you going to have a parent that's going to make you understand that, look, this is my money. I'm going to help you. I'm going to get you an education. I'm going to put you in a, in a situation to be successful. But I'm not going to give you what I worked hard for. You have to go out and work hard for it. And I'm also not going to let you struggle. And then when you get the parent that are always struggling, that's working two and three jobs to help their child out, to put them in a good situation. It builds moral strength. It makes you a different type of person when you see your mom struggle or your dad struggle. And you want to, you're motivated to help get them in a better place. And most of these athletes come from that. Some of, some of them come from wealth. Because their father was an athlete or their, their mother was an athlete and, he, and it's always been a good situation. But some don't. Shaquille O'Neal, he said he didn't come from wealth. He came from a good middle class family. His stepdad helped to raise him. Military, strategic, teaching him honor, respect. Great household. Put him in a situation to become the man that he's become to where he's able to take care of his kids and his kids don't have to worry about nothing. It's all about making a, making a legacy and building a legacy when you're in sports. 
no matter what sports you're in. But you're going to have to learn that with all that is great responsibility. You're going to be talked about. Your life is an open book, but it's not an open book for you to be judged by others based off what decisions that you want to make. We're not saying that it's okay to go out here and rape and hit people. It's not okay for women to do things to men. It's not as far as abuse and lie and spreading lies on a person. It's not okay for a man to do that either. It goes both ways. This is an equal society. I don't care what your preference is, whether you want a man, whether whether you want a woman, whether you want same sex, or whether you want to be celibate and not have sex at all. That's your choice because we are a free country. And your choices should be respected. You shouldn't be uh, discriminated against because you're gay. You shouldn't be discriminated, discriminated against because you're black or you're white or you're Chinese. You should be looked at as a human. Because that, in the end, that's what we all are. No one race is better than the other. And sports athletes have to understand you're in the eye where every single race watches you. Every country around the world watches you. You are in a place that there is great responsibility and your story does matter. But then separating all that, we have to understand that these athletes are human beings. Kyrie is Kyrie Irving outside of the TV and watching. He was born Kyrie Irving, a regular human. He has feelings just like you and me. He is not a robot. None of these athletes are robot. They are human. They have real issues. If their issues were drugs when they were coming up, they're going to have more issues. It's going to magnify when they get money and it's going to spread all out into the public. If their issues with sex, whatever issue it is, it gets magnified once you have money. When you don't have money, it ain't magnified. The world don't know. The only people know is the people around you. But when you're rich and you have these problems and you have the money to access all these things, it's going to get magnified. You're going to look bad. People going to talk about you. But there's nothing wrong with talking talking about people if as long as you're trying to help. And everybody is not going to change with help. Addiction is real. Depression is real. I was telling, I was talking to one of my friends. When I think about the Deshaun Watson situation, and I just think about how it's just it's just messy. And I'm neutral. I'm all about let everything play out. But just like the women can say that this happened to them and you and I totally respect that he has a right to say he hasn't did anything wrong. And criminally. Twice. He's been proven that there's nothing there. Does that mean that there isn't anything there? No, it's not. But in the court's eyes, there isn't now going through a civil case, which is totally different in which he could be found guilty. But is the such thing as being found guilty of something that sometimes you're not guilty of? How many times have we seen people go to jail because someone lied on them? 
How many times we've seen people sit in jail for 30 years because of a lie? And people believe the lie. Something as egregious as murder. We've seen people go to jail for taking a life. Multiple lives. We're talking about taking the air out of somebody's body to where they're no longer breathing. Rape. Egregious. Touching someone without permission. Egregious. Neither of these things are great. Neither, neither, neither of these things are something that you can look upon as being positive. But one thing that I do know is when someone is claiming their innocence, give them an opportunity. When someone is exercising their rights and their freedoms, respect that. Don't get on TV and talk about how much he's getting paid. Stay out, stay out of his pocket. If the team, a team wants to pay a player, they can. If they don't, then they won't. But why can't we respect human beings, man? Why everything, the narrative have to be sports related? Why? Because it has to be that way because the sports related fans are paying the players. So you playing the players, you think you own the players. And you have a right to judge. You don't have a right to judge anyone. No one is perfect. Open up your Pandora box. Shannon, you may have things in your past. Skip, you may have things in your past. Everyone does that they're not proud of. Because no one is perfect on this earth. We strive for perfection. If you one that believe in uh, the Bible. You may not be someone that believes in the Bible. You may be somebody that's a Muslim that believes in the Quran. You may believe in Buddha. You may believe in nothing. You may believe in just being one with the earth. Whatever your choice is in the end and what's beautiful about America is that it's your choice. And it should be respected. Anything that comes in and out of your body, you should have a right to choose. Your parents choose for you when you're a newborn baby. And when you are a man, you choose for yourself. So let's just let's come together and just get off of ridiculing people. And, and let's really have a dialogue, man. Let's have a dialogue. Let's not just be sports entertainment. It is entertainment, but everything, sometimes things is life. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes things is life. That's how I look at it. That's how I always look at it. But other than that, guys, I appreciate your time. I'm most definitely out of here. Until next time, peace. I'm sorry, guys. I know I said peace, but one more thing's on my mind that I wanted to hit on real quick. And it is the narrative that's out here now um, when it comes to sports. 
And the narrative is when you are in sports, you need to always abide to what sports has given you in your life, no matter what. You shouldn't have that choice. But I'm going to tell you now. Sports is not about people being able to make a choice for an individual because of what they have and what you see on the screen. Choice is you being able to make your own decision without anybody else being able to ridicule that. And I just want us to all understand that choice is for anybody, whether you are athlete or whether you are a regular person. No one should be able to um, tell you what you should be doing in your life at all. So I just I just wanted to uh, put that out there. Uh, now I'm out of here. All right. See you guys later. <laughs>